The unification of Italy politically in the 19th century is one matter, but the unification of Italy at the table is quite another. According to culinary historian Massimo Montanari, the second, far tastier unification happened courtesy of a groundbreaking cookbook published over many editions by Pellegrino Artusi. Culture Files Italian food whisperer Giorgio Casari agrees. He shared an espresso with the professor a while back to talk, if not turkey, at least capelletti. Professore, ma lei torte, i capelletti o i tortellini come vengono conosciuti lì fuori dall'Italia ha qualche segreto per la sua ricetta? Come li fa? Io non ho ricette perché devo confessare che non cucino. I am Massimo Montanari, professor of food history in Bologna University. Pellegrino Artusi, he was a man not a cook, he was a gastronomer, he loved the food and in 1891 he published a recipe book that was intended not only as a recipe book in itself but as a sort of political project for the unification of Italy because he thought that the new country, Italy at the time was a very new country, needed to have a book for collecting together all recipes, traditions from all regions, mainly from all families. Artusi's cuisine was a domestic one. That's why the method he used for making this project was to visit people, some restaurants and many houses, using a method that today we could call an anthropological one, starting from daily habits of people. Because you can find very different things from one cook or another one, from one house to another one. Yeah, from town to town. From I think town we have uh, 25 different types of minestrone in Italy, mm. but outside of Italy there is maybe one or two types. I think this has been a weakness of Italian tradition for centuries, but now, today, is... It's our strength. Yes. Yeah. It, it became yes. a strength. Because uh, what people ask for today is curiosity for uh, new flavors, new things, uh, and uh, not having the same thing everywhere or every time. When I am bold, uh, I say that uh, French cuisine is uh, more likely to fast food cuisine, to McDonald's style, than the Italian one, because it has a standard good standard or bad standard that's another question but the standard you can have always at the same uh, in the same way i obviously agree but let's hope the french embassy is not listening to this program i have i have a, i have a hard copy beautiful it's quite big it's like a bible it's much 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 more than a recipe book as my rightly says so in fact it's it's a window into that century, into the 18th century. And within that window, it provides a second window into all previous centuries. Like at the beginning of the book, we have about 35 pages on previous century cuisines, full of anecdotes of life in those centuries. It's really amazing. There is a little bit of philosophy, statements thrown here and there, 
there is some witty history or moments that he shared. Uh, his book was directed to the people, not to the professional cook. And this is the amazing uh, new concept at the time. When we are faced with uh, Artuse's book, uh, we must realize that uh, the material context in which he worked and he lived was very different from ours. He had not uh, gas in the kitchen, so he worked with fire and wood, and that is very different from our point of view today. He had not uh, origin market products, but only products, good products from uh, the country. He does not mention uh, a kind of meat, uh, a kind of ham, but only a good meat, a good ham. Many Artusi's recipes can still be made today, and they are, in fact, made. They were made by our grandmothers. I was just flicking through the pages of uh, Artusi's book, and I came across this macaroni recipe, and I was stunned because this recipe is obviously nearly one and a half century old, yet I ate it six months ago in the very uber trendy and modern Cipriani in London, just off Barclay Square. It's very, very simple. And like all things simple, like spaghetti pomodoro basilico, that seem to be very simple, because they're so simple, it can be a total disaster when it's done very, very badly, or it can be sublime when it's done perfectly. And it's just uh, macaroni or tagliatelle, tossed in a pan with lots of butter, cooked ham and uh, cream, lots of cheese, and then bechamel on top, because Artusi was already mixing a little bit of Italian and French, maybe as we got near to the border with France. And then they're tossing a pan, a little bit of bechamel under the salamander, and it's that recipe that Cipriang is using today. So yes, some of the recipe can be used in restaurants today. But I am, I am a scholar. I study Artusi, I don't cook. But he didn't cook, he was not a cook. He had a servant, her name was Marietta, and she was a very strategical figure in Artusi's house because she represented the peasant part of Italian society. The reason why Artusi's book was so influent and so successful in Italian history is that Artusi's book was not an individual book. In a sense, Artusi's book was a collective work. Uh, many peasant families gave this book to the daughters that went married. And in this way, Artusi's book has spread the word because many emigrants from Italy brought this book with them. And, and, and they were men and women for, for, of the people, not bourgeoisie or aristocrats. And, and this is the reason why Artusi's book has become the national book of Italians.
Massimo and Giorgio on the first gospel of Italian food, Pellegrino Artusi's science in the kitchen and the art of eating well.